these. Yeah, it's actually working. Here we go. Oh, I got to turn these up. Yeah. Love the piebald intro. Woo! Wow. I, uh, I'm here with uh, Anthony Joseph Lombardi, a fan favorite here at the Andover Youth Services. Uh, Tony is a fantastic artist, um, also a skilled athlete. Uh, father of three, husband of one, and, uh, you know, just a jack of all trades. Uh, Tony, how are you today? Doing pretty good, Neil. Thanks. Uh, feeling a lot better after that intro. That is a, that's a hefty resume right there to carry around. It is, but you carry it well. You carry it well. Thank you. Just like this extra weight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh yeah. This is going to be a, this is going to be a banger (laughs) as the kids say. Um, facts. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Uh, the kids used to say that, and now Glenn says it. <laughs> Glenn and I took it back. Yeah, <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> um, so, Tony, uh, you know, like I said, very happy to have you here, um, and uh, happy for our listeners to maybe get to know you a little bit better, and um, maybe you could start us off with maybe about how you, a young man from Rhode Island, ventured up here towards Andover, Massachusetts, and found yourself here at the Andover Youth Services from 01 to now, correct? That's correct, Neil. Um, 2001, um, definitely my life got, um, what is it that Will Smith says, Uh, flip turned upside down? Yes. Um, So yeah, just, you know, was living life in beautiful uh, outside Providence, Rhode Island, and um, was, um, you know, working a bunch of jobs, uh, restaurants and sign painting and, um, also working at a boys and girls club. So it was kind of cool. I got the, the cornucopia of everything that I really enjoyed in life, um, art and cooking and, um, working with young people. Um, so I had that going on there and, um, you know, as kind of fate, um, dealt, dealt the hand of, um, of life. Um, I was transitioned to Massachusetts, um, with my wife and, um, and our soon to be son, um, who's now, uh, 19 years old. Um, so we, uh, moved to Massachusetts and, uh, my father-in-law worked for the town of Andover. He was the assessor here. Shout out to Bruce Sims. Bruce used to love to park wherever he wanted to. <laughs> um, it was awesome. Glenn and I used to joke about that in the old office. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a great guy too. Um, anyway, he had said to me that uh, the town had a youth services department and they were looking for somebody to run their skate park uh, for the summer. So I thought, hey, this is kind of a cool opportunity. I you know, skateboarded once when I was 13 and um, wore shirts and collected skateboards like I was a skateboarder um, for you know the next couple of years. Um, so I thought, hey, that's a great fit. Um, let's check out what these guys are doing. And Man, did I ever try to reach Bill Fahey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only know now um, why uh, it took me forever to get in touch with him. Um, part of it was, I, th- I think, a test for me as to how much I wanted to be a part of the organization. And uh, I didn't really know how much I wanted to be a part of the organization, but I knew I needed something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this sounded like the right spot to be. So I called um, you know, a few times a week for a couple of months and uh, finally got Billy on the horn and... He was like, yeah, come on up. And uh, so I drove up here from Rhode Island. I was still living there at the time. Drove up, and I, I met Bill and Glenn 
in this office. I had been like scoping out the the website. Like, I, websites were pretty new at that time too. Yeah. Well, new for me anyway. Um, <laughs> I think they were like five or six years old, really, um, as part of a mainstream piece. And uh, so, anyway, I'm looking at the website and I'm like, "What is this place?" And you know, there's like pictures on the website that I think are probably still on the website to this day. Um, and uh, I was like, wow, this place seems wild. And then I walked in the door and I was like, wow, this place is wild. <laughs> and then I met Bill and Glenn and I was like, yo, this place is wild. <laughs> uh, so Glenn, Bill um, was like, hey, let's go for a ride. And we end up at the skate park. He's showing me around. Um, and then he's like, uh, hey, we got to clean out underneath these ramps to get started. And I was kind of like, uh, I guess I work here now. <laughs> um, and uh, so I start cleaning out underneath uh, one of the ramps and uh, cleaning out uh, leaves and trash and stuff. And he's like, hey, man, I'll be right back. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> um, my car's now at the town offices. I'm at the skate park. I didn't have any... Uh, any real appropriate clothes to be working. I mean, whatever. That's kind of um, a relative term anyway, appropriate clothing. But I, uh, it's raining and it's wet. And I'm like hands and knees underneath the ramp, like cleaning out stuff. And anyway, Glenn ended up coming down with some rain pants for me. And uh, he uh, also left me there <laughs> um, <laughs> after some time. Uh, I cleaned out the ramp and then... Uh, the rest is kind of history. I mean, I, I worked at the skate park for the summer. It was awesome. Got to meet a lot of really nice young people um, who worked there. Um, JJ Huggins, Steve Stone um, were, you know, maybe oddly enough to other people, like they were mentors for me. Um, you know, they were younger than I were. Uh, I think JJ was either a senior in high school and Steve was uh, a couple years younger than that. But, yeah. um, you know, they really taught me what it what it took to work with young people um in a in a way that was representative of the youth services and uh you know the young people that I got to meet during that time were amazing um and as the summer was ending and we were kind of getting ready to think about the park being closed I kind of was like hey Bill like <laughs> I don't really want to go anywhere is there uh, other ways to stay involved here and work and he was like yeah we got a couple of different things and one of one, one of them was a field hockey program that was just kind of getting off the ground. Had about forty girls signed up for that um, at Lower Shawshin, and then uh, in the winter time, he was like, "Yeah, you could learn. You could teach a learn to snowboard program." I was like, "Cool, that's great." Except I don't know, I don't know how to snowboard. He's like, "Ah, hey, you'll figure it out." <laughs> and uh, so, kind of off we went. Um, Two thousand one was was wild, um, fun to be a part of. I mean, I I know I've said it a couple times, but it was like I hadn't seen people work with young people like this um ever and I had worked in a bunch of camps and like I said had just come off working for a boys and girls club um and I uh, was like this is this is really special um really fun it's um it's just a great opportunity to really just be with kids and uh instead of like shuffling them through whatever was happening you were like physically with them doing those things um and I don't think anything to this day really sits uh, the same with that or represents it the best with um, outside of that learn to ride, learn to snowboard program. It was like me and uh, a couple of high school kids, uh, Ross Trainer, um, Steve Stone. I don't remember who else was there. Um, one other person. 
And then like these 10 middle school boys who also didn't know how to snowboard. And Steve and Ross were very good at snowboarding. Um, but I'm not sure they had ever really taught anybody <laughs> before. So they were just kind of riding and so were we. We were doing a lot of falling. Um, but I think together we learned to snowboard. And that's, that is the beauty of what I think happens here is that we're all on this journey together. Um, regardless of what it is, regardless of how much experience somebody has, um, that moment, that experience, that program is the first time that that's ever happened. That group of people, that staff, that time in everybody's life. So um, it's uh, really cool. Well, I think it's interesting too, you know, um, you know, anybody that's been snowboarding with Tony, it's like now he is very skilled and like has taught me who kind of knew, but he retaught me like how to do certain things. And, you know, when we go up on our night riders or on a high school trip, he's always one of those guys that's going to pull some of somebody that maybe, you know, needs a little help and he'll sit with them for hours and work on the small hill and, you know, get things going. And then like 45 minutes later, they're both like standing right next to you at the top. <laughs> and they're like, and this kid's like shredding better than you are, like in terms of myself, yeah. they're not doing it better than you. But, uh, but you know, kids have then gone off and, you know, continued to have this passion. And, you know, it started with AYS and started with you being very patient with them on the little bunny hill or whatever they want to call it. And, you know, you ride down switch and that's how you got proficient at riding switch, right? Is because you would... Have do to, that with them. Yeah, I have to show them. You know, I'm I'm goofy. If, yeah. if anybody knows me, they know I'm goofy. But um, <laughs> I ride uh, I ride board, boards goofy. So uh, snowboard, skateboard, um, surfboard. Um, that's my right foot forward. And uh, so when kids ride opposite of that, when they ride regular or people ride regular, I have to be able to show them what that looks like. So I had to kind of learn. And I definitely have recognized that I enjoy teaching people to snowboard. I think more than I actually like snowboarding. Um, and maybe, I mean, that's, I, I haven't been to too many great places. I got to go to Utah um, once with uh, AYS, which was cool. Um, and that's some real snow. And we've been to J Peak a few times. But um, yeah, definitely enjoy like being with a, a group of kids and watching them like get better as opposed to like just kind of charging myself. I don't even really like to go fast or jump off the ground. I like to, <laughs> like to be on the ground and yeah. take it at like a medium. Yeah. Like a little cruise, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like a low rider and yeah. you're just cruising through town yeah, yeah, yes. and letting everybody know that you have a low rider. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's actually, so I think it was Sam Morrison might've been the other uh, staff member. And I can remember we were at, um, uh, Neshoba Valley in, in, uh, Westford and um where uh one of the one of the first lessons that Sam Sam told us was we had to look cool doing it like that <laughs> he was like he's like regardless of how good you are at snowboarding it's all about just looking cool so we like would practice walking from getting our gear um to the hill and like having this like <laughs> total swag, swag yeah. like dragging our boards or he'd be like you could never carry it like you know, across your body. It always has to be like next to you and like, you know, just move real slow and make sure everybody notices that you're walking by. So, um, uh, still do that every once in a while. Um, definitely missed night riders this year. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a bummer not to be able to, uh, get up to Pat's peak and do some riding with kids. So hey, we'll backtrack a little bit. You talked about, you know, having some experience yourself, um, you know, working with young people at the boys and girls club or various camps, um, and then coming to AYS and seeing that work in a different lens. 
Um, so, you know, Billy talks about it now as youth development. There wasn't necessarily a word for it back then because that didn't really exist, that framework. Right. Um, so can you kind of talk a little bit about um, those things that you saw? I think people can feel it in terms of like you're doing things with kids um, versus telling them what to do, but maybe something along that first kind of six months or year, whatever, that you were around AYS that you were like, oh, this is how, this is how I want to interact with young people. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. It put me on a little bit of a spot to try to think of specifics. I'm not great at that. Um, but I think, um, you know, a little bit about, you know, what I said about JJ and Steve, you know, being young people themselves. Um, you know, we, I looked at them as, as definitely equals um, at the very least, but also looked up to them a whole lot. And that told me a lot about what was going on in this organization because these were young people that were trusted to, you know, operate the skate park. Um, and that didn't necessarily happen in the places that I came from before. It was, uh, you know, staff were staff and kids were kids. And, um, you know, the, the two didn't really uh, mix along. You had like, you know, CITs, but that was just really a place to throw a, an extra body um, that wasn't really adding any sort of value. Um, it was, you know, kind of keeping them involved. And I, a couple of the camps I went to, I think CIT still paid to be, you know, be a part of things. And you were like, this is bizarre. And mm -hmm. then there was no real, you know, um, responsibility given or input um, from them or skills given to them. Um, so that was something else, you know, obviously get, getting through a summer staff training, you know, really opened my eyes to, the importance of the work that we were doing. Um, so I had always felt, obviously I was inclined to just be around young people and wanted to, you know, see them kind of grow. Um, started babysitting in my neighborhood, um, you know, coaching, coaching baseball and things like that when I was, uh, you know, uh, in high school. Um, and you know, it's great to, it's great to know that some of those instinctual things that were happening in my life for me or the, decisions I were making are things that make us very successful here. Um, so, you know, we've got a group of high school girls now um, and really pretty much every year that help us in our lacrosse program and our field hockey program. And um, you can see that these young people have, you know, the desire to be around other young people. And, you know, maybe maybe they find that they, law, you know, missed out on something or wanted something different from their experiences and are trying to give it to young people. Um, and when you're so close in in age and f from that experience, you know, for me now it's, you know, get to be pretty far away from like actually being a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been really fortunate to be here and still be able to like, be, you know, be a kid a lot, a lot of my moments of every day, um, which helps me immensely in every aspect of my life, mostly dealing with adults. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, whatever, man, I don't need to talk to you about anything. <laughs> um, no offense to anybody that I had to talk to today or yesterday. <laughs> um, but you know, I much prefer to, I think everybody would, you know, would right. prefer to kind of keep that youthful spirit um, to them. And I, you know, I, I feel bad sometimes for people I know that don't have that. Um, right. You know, we, you get, you get to be 44 years old, Neil, and, uh, you know, you have conversations with people in your life where they tell you like they don't find much joy. And that's really hard to hear um, from somebody that age. 
you can kind of understand it when you have those conversations with young people because their life can be so tumultuous. It can, you know, they're not in any sort of control um, of things. And so, you know, when they come here um, and there is, we will get to that, you know, there's a story in there about uh, <laughs> that first year and what it meant to be a part of youth development um, and what the, what the differences were. But um, I think that, you know, if you get to be a certain age in your life and you haven't, you can't find joy, um, then something happened along the way that took that away from you um, because you do have ultimate control at this point. So if we can, if we can build that here um, by giving young people, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, you know, real responsibility over what their experience is um, and, and real input on that, then it's going to help them um, throughout their years to, to find joy um, even if it's in little ways. Um, so um, back to that first summer, you know, that happened everywhere. It happened everywhere we went, everything that we did. You know, I think about, um, you know, probably one of those same stories that's probably like three different experiences all <laughs> melded in, into one story, but uh, going to the spit for the first time. Um, and that was, uh, that's a trip down to South Shore. If you guys don't know, um, situate Marshfield area. And, you know, we, um, go out to this little sandbar that disappears. The uh, spit is actually a, a geological term, Neil, if you didn't know. I didn't. Maybe, yeah, geological. Um, so it's actually a land formation um, that runs between two estuaries and uh, and the ocean. Uh, ah, yeah. big so, words. Yeah, so it's kind of like a peninsula um, that comes and goes with the tides. Okay. Um, so the spit um, is this, like, probably two or three football field area. Um that shows itself at low tide and then comes back, you know, goes away when high tide comes in. So uh, we're on this trip and we took boats out to the, to the spit area, running around playing football. And like, if you were an outside observer, you would have no idea who was actually in charge of that experience. Like (laughs) there was just like, you know, kids running around everywhere, staff running around everywhere, just, you know, just enjoying the moment being in the sun and throwing footballs around and not caring that maybe, it wasn't the nicest beach day or that wind was getting in your sandwich or, you know, um, you know, the water was cold or whatever it was. None of that mattered. People were just in the moment having a good time. And then we, you know, we, uh, go off and get ice cream after we jump off a bridge into the water and it's just everybody leading the charge, not, you know, not one person being like, okay, everybody, you're going to do this and I'm going to stand here. And, you know, it was, uh, it was very different from, you know, being in a boys and girls club where you had to make sure that everybody was standing in line and everybody had their buddy and, you know, a little bit more like structured in like school. Yeah. Not giving the kids the opportunity to lead themselves. It was us leading them. And I guess there's a place for that somewhere. Um, I probably so far removed that I could never do that anywhere. Right. Um, and I think I have a hard time when we have to have, you know, that, um, you know, you go to other places and, you know, there's, they have certain set of expectations. So you have to kind of like toe the line between what we do and how we do it. Um, and, um, how other people do it. Um, so. Well, I think it's, you know, thinking, you know, from my own experience and, you know, getting uh, exposed to the summer program as, you know, my really first taste of AYS. Um, 
is that it's just kind of this community feeling um, and that you know that you're in a place where you're safe and you feel good. And if you're not feeling good, somebody comes by and checks in with you and will sit down and like talk to you if that's what you need. Or they'll be like, hey, like I was going to go do this. Will you come with me and, you know, help me out with this? And, you know, giving young people, young people opportunities um, to show their talents because young people are so talented um, and so caring. And I think that's the big thing um, for myself when I was a young person and working at AYS. It's like I just felt like I had a place where I could be myself, um, that if I made a mistake, you know, someone was going to be like, hey, it's OK. Like, let's talk about like what happened and then work through it so that maybe I wouldn't make the mistake again. And then if I made the mistake again, they'd be like, all right, like, so what did we do right this time? What did we do not necessarily wrong, but what could we do differently next time? And just having a place where it's like, you know, you're not getting screamed at for making some little mistake or like dropping something. Or, or a big mistake, really. Right, or a big mistake, <laughs> um, you know, and... That, I think, for myself, it's what kept me coming back to AYS to, you know, work, um, is that it was a great work environment. Um, You got to be around all these kids that were super excited to be part of this. Um, And, you know, that you weren't alone. Um, And I think that's a big thing, you know, right now, at least that we're seeing with kids is, you know, kids are struggling with this feeling of I'm being alone um, or that nobody else knows how I feel. Um, and that's a big thing throughout middle school right. for kids and high school as well. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the gift we hope of AYS is that people can come here and feel connected. Um, and it sounds like you felt that pretty much immediately and, yeah. you know, have enjoyed the last, you know, almost 20 years, 20 years of crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy, wild, <laughs> yeah. wild to quote a friend. I think uh, one of the things I was just thinking about too, Neil, is as far as, uh, you know, what this space offers. Um, and, you know, really, we don't ever know what it offers to other people. We we understand our experiences and, you know, a little bit, you have conversations with, you know, young people, um, you know, for the rest of their lives um, as they kind of move on and, grow up and have kids and move away and things like that. It's, that's wild to have seen. But, um, you know, with, with my experience, I very much was searching for what, what was next for me and what's out there. And, you know, was, was starting a family and was moved to a different state and starting, you know, I didn't know at the moment, but a new career. And, um, you know, even though it was the same path, but that idea that like, yeah, making mistakes is part of it. And, you know, you have to be trusted to do the things so then you can make the mistakes so then you can learn. And, you know, I don't think that that lesson has been any stronger in my life than as a, as a father, as a, as a parent, and really probably as a, a a partner, you know, raising a family, um, you know, that, that stuff's hard. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, I like the unique, um, perspective that, that I have working with young people, um, and also being a parent. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially now kids, you know, kids in high school age, kids who work for us, are, you know, struggling um, with, 
you know, with the pandemic and being not in school all the time and, you know, feeling isolated and, um, you know, I think feeling like maybe the world around them doesn't really care. And like you said, it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty typical developmentally, um, for adolescents and, um, emerging adults, but, um, you know, to, to know that I have a young person at home that's dealing with a lot of those struggles, um, and, and having the same experience similar experiences, you know, um, looking towards college and, you know, struggling with high school. And, um, and I think that that helps me in both of those realms. Um, so, you know, knowing, knowing a young person, um, the way that we do when they work here, you know, gives me a bit of peace about my own home situation. And then my own home situation, um, gives me some sort of clarity or, ability to help young people like maybe see a different side of it to to give them a glimpse of the perspective from maybe their parents which is a a tough one it's tough for us to get a glimpse into our young people and it's tough for the young people to get a glimpse into their parents um existence and and look through their lens a little bit so being able to offer that um has been good and it's it's also been really funny you know watching my kids grow and like you know, before they became middle school students, like watching middle school students here being like, oh, hmm, wonder where my kids are going to end up, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, so um, it's been great. And, uh, you know, I really have, uh, I'm very grateful um, for knowing that making mistakes is a part of all of it and that it's really my job to learn from whatever mistake I may make. Um, and that has really helped me to be, I think, a better parent, um, a better husband, a better friend, um, and hopefully a, a better just <laughs> general member of uh, of this planet. So, well, I definitely, uh, speaking to someone uh, who's gotten the opportunity to spend a lot of time with you, um, you know, I think, I think I met you when I was 17 or so. I wanted to talk about that, deal. I was going to oh, turn, we'll turn get, the tables. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to hear you tell the story no, 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 no. about this the first is, day we ever met. Well, see, this is a good thing. And the bad thing about my memory is that people will be like, hey, do you remember this time? It just happened this morning with Jackie. She was like, oh, we were in this class together in high school. And I was like, oh, like she's like you remember and i was like oh yeah 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 i remember i remember people who know us neil definitely uh, maybe they don't know but like i think you and i are pretty much the same person in high school so we have just like tried to close off as much of those parts of our lives no i just i honestly (laughs) no no no, you cannot deny it you you'll get there someday yeah you will recognize because i the same thing happens to me yeah like i'll talk with friends from home which jackie is kind of a friend from home right for you and they'll be like oh remember that time and i'm like nope yeah and like literally don't remember yes any of it um i've got those same stories like i tell here that could probably be two or three different stories that i've just molded into one well we'll have we'll have you so uh i'm gonna be interviewing uh you and jackie and uh and Glenn and everybody else uh so maybe we can have you interview me and then we can put the shoe on the other foot that'll be great okay um, fine we'll like we'll let it go for today <laughs> and um so it's you know being somebody that's gotten to know you um you know from that age until uh now um you know you've always your message has stayed consistent about always trying to um, become a better version of yourself. 
Um, and I, I brought that up with Glenn the other day. It's like, you know, that's a lot of what AYS is. And, you know, and that's, that's my version of you is like, I think every staff training every year, um, you know, if we have a check-in or something, you're always working to become better. Um, and that's, you know, better in all facets of your life. So like artist, father, husband, youth worker, athlete, athlete, athlete could have been Tom Brady, Mrs. Lombardi. Why didn't you let Tony play football? Kids got a cannon. He's still resentful. He's trying to get over it. I work through that. Yeah. He'll, he'll he'll overcome it just like everything else. Um, but you know, that's, uh, that's my, that's my image of you is like Tony is always going to be like, yeah, I got to be better. Um, and I think that's just like Tom Brady, just like Tom Brady. And I think that's, what's really beneficial for young people is to see adults. So if you think about one of our summer staff trainings, right? So, you know, we're always in a circle. Um, you know, we have a couple of different ceremonies where maybe you'll receive your staff shirt for that summer. Um, or maybe it's at the end of, end of the summer and people are sharing a little bit about their experience. Um, you know, and what they hope that they gave to the program, a little bit about what they got. And I can remember being 17 or 18 and, you know, for the next, well, like 10, 10 or 12 years, it's always been the same, which has been fantastic. It's like people go around, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like 18 years old in my at the end of my first summer staff thing. And Tony, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, I just... I just got to get better. Like, and like, you know, Tony's a very emotional person, which is a, a great gift, um, you know, and can make you feel what he's feeling. Um, and I remember being 18 and seeing this man who I didn't know how old he was in his thirties um, and or late twenties and, you know, being able to be vulnerable and be honest um, that, his goal was to become better and that, you know, he felt like there was things that maybe he could have, he could have done more um, or he could have done something differently and just always challenging himself. And for me, it was like, Oh my God, like I wish that I could say something like that. Um, You know, seeing an adult, right. And I still view myself as a kid at 18, obviously, and I, it was like very inspiring to see somebody that was able to just kind of wear his heart on his sleeve um, and be honest and open with, you know, people that he's worked with for two months, but, you know, he doesn't really know us. You know, that's like a very scary, like, I can't, like, I don't know if people can imagine like being at a job and like you work with these people for two months and then you're like, yeah, you know, and then just like go into like being very honest. Like I, I, you know, I worked at a school at one point and like, I, I, and I didn't, uh, I didn't say like really much of anything to anybody. Um, just because I was like, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do the job that I need to. And, um, and then I'm going to go home. Well, that's, I think that that's cultural, Neil. And I think that that's what's, what's been built here since day one is, um, is the opportunity to be, be vulnerable and, you know, I appreciate everything you said about me. I think uh, it's it really feels feels nice to to hear that. And there is a lot of spaces in my life 
it might be hard to believe for people, you know, listening or that have worked with me, but like that I stay pretty quiet. Um, I don't share a lot of who I am or what I'm doing. And I really try hard to, to offer that in spaces, but there are a lot of spaces in this world that that's just not, there's, there's not an openness to that. Um, and that has been, you know, probably the struggle that I've, you know, been reckoning with for the last few years is like, okay, this is not everywhere. And, you know, and that's okay. Um, and, you know, trying to find balance in that, um, you know, that strive to always being better. Um, but at, on the, on the same side of it really, um, but, but on the other end of it is like that it's okay to just be where you're at too. Yes. Um, so, Except, you know, that's exactly what youth development is, right? Welcome young people where they're at, meet them where they are, and then let's work together. Let's walk together um, to to move in a direction towards our best self. Um, so that that other side of the coin of like welcoming and and honoring myself as to where I'm at, that's been, you know, probably the, the more recent struggle or less struggle and more success um, yeah. of, of welcoming that. And I think that's been helping me, you know, be better at working with young people, which is kind of ironic. Um. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I think the thing that benefits us as youth workers is to see ourselves as young people in the young people that we work with. Um, you know, I, like you kind of alluded to, I think we were both kinds of a bit of a pain. Um, and, charming. Uh, yeah, charming. Very charming <laughs> young men um, who were always quiet and uh, didn't cause any disruptions um, always followed directions and loved authority. Um, and had a real knack for the sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's, you know, anytime we have those kids, it's like they, you know, it's like, oh, that's me. Like, okay, he just needs a little bit more time or she just needs a little bit more time, a little bit more patience. And, you know, that's, that's been the gift that I think Bill and Glenn have, you know, you know, given us where it's like we have this space where we can reflect and then also put it forward for somebody else and be like, okay, they just need some more time. Like they'll get there. Yeah. Like, and I'm still going to be here. Like, let me know, like if you need anything um, or like, it's okay. One of those things, you know, staff training um, things that we, you know, do um, from time to time is, uh, is the elevator speech, you know, what, what what is it that we do? And, you know, the story is that if you're, uh, you know, you're about to get in the elevator and you've got this, you know, big donor, potentially they could be given lots of money to your program and you've only got an elevator ride to tell them what you do and, and wow them. Um, I, one, one of those times, um, you know, in the brainstorm or whatever, it came out that, uh, you know, we're, we're just like bumpers on a bowling alley. Um, and you know, the, the kids are just able to just roam kind of free, um, you know, and bounce back and forth and whatever they do. And however long it takes them to get down the alley, doesn't really matter. And it's not about how many pins they knock down. It's the fact that they got to the end, um, of that and, you know, you know, had as much fun as they did along the way. And us, you know, youth services is the bumpers, um, to make sure that they don't, fall off into the gutter, um, or, you know, prevent them from, from trying to do that. So, um, you know, I explain, it's really hard to explain what we do to other people. That's (laughs) Um, the best, uh, the best version I've heard of it. That's, I can identify with that. Bumpers on a bowling alley, you know, just do your thing and we're here. We got you. Um, and we talk a lot about creating, 
safe spaces and um you know we, we're real fortunate now to actually have this 21,000 square foot space yes. um but we've been creating spaces and Bill and Glenn have regardless of where they are that's why the circle is so vital because it gives you a physical representation of the space that you're you're occupying but I think there's kids all over the world people all over the world who have been a part of this organization that still can feel that space um regardless of where they are you know I think about um you know Maria Cortner who's at John Hopkins right now getting like yeah. I don't know what degree but like some sort of master's degree in in nursing um and uh you know, I, I know that from our communication from time to time that she still feels this space. And, you know, she's obviously left a lasting mark here with her wonderful artwork, um, you know, in the lobby. But um, I think she carries that love and kindness that she got from being a part of this. Um, and she carries that into the spaces that she's in. Um, so, I, you know, I, that is that is a wonderful legacy that, you know, when you can when you can create space um, for young people to explore who they are, right. um, you know, being accepted for who they are in that moment, um, and then let them know that that really anything is possible from from that moment forward. Right. Um, so don't don't limit it. Um, let love and kindness guide you, and everything's probably going to be all right. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's been you know the um, most exciting thing. Um, you know, you're somebody that can speak about it, but, you know, starting from the old office at town hall and then, you know, transferring to Pearson street in like Oh nine and then having this space and it's, you know, this space, the youth center is, you know, absolutely fantastic. You know, we don't have to worry about like getting to Wood Hill at, you know, two fifteen so that we can run volleyball. It's like, Kids can just come to the youth center and do it. You know, that's that's the gift of this building is that we have all these spaces that we can program ourselves and um, facilitate, you know, activities that kids are sincerely interested in. But that's kind of the the story of AYS. It's, you know, Glenn sat there the other day and said, you know, I met, you know, Bill at Mr. Becker's uh, high school class. And I, you know, I said I wanted to do more outdoor activities and like, and Bill was like, okay, let's do it. Hmm. And you have to help me. Yep. And, you know, that's what a lot of our, that's pretty much what all of our programming has been, is been some young person. We talked about Mira and um, how she brought archery to the youth center. Um, you know, we've had kids that have brought in screen printing and, you know, wrestling, uh, yeah, that, lacrosse, well that, all that stuff. That is, um, you know, getting back to your question that, kicked us off a little bit ago about you know what was the difference what you know what what really showed youth development um you know how how was that light put on that and uh you know I think it was that the answer is always yes and how are we going to make that happen um you know I came from a space where there was a lot of no's um I'd like to try this Uh, I don't really know if we can make that happen and you know my first experiences here were hey I'd like to try that and Bill will be like, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, what do you need? Oh, how are you going to make it happen? You know? And it was like, whoa, all right. I can, I can work with that. And, you know, I think as um, one of my favorite things about, I think cooking and, and art is um, trying to figure out problems. So like you're always presented with some sort of 
problem. You 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 can see the final result in your head, um, but you have to figure out how to get from that space to that the space that you're at um, with what you have um, to what you're trying to do. And um, I like that. I, and I think that that's why I really like working with young people too, is that you're presented with the opportunity to figure out a problem all the time. Um, and, you know, young people are the greatest resource for figuring out problems. They're, they're the ones who are always going to carry us out of the present day um, into the future. Um, and that is, that's a fact, you know, that is that we, you know, we, with each passing day, um, become less and less relevant to the future. Um, right. we just merely, merely exist mm-hmm. and young people are the ones who shape it. Um, and so if we can give them space and time, um, to, like we talked about, make mistakes, figure out problems and help us move forward. Um, man, we're going to have a pretty cool world. Gonna be lots of different colors. <laughs> oh, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I, I'm definitely interested and excited to to see what what comes of the world in the next you know couple of years. I think that um, at least the young people that we've had the opportunity to meet and sit down with and you know embrace experiences with um, are in a really great spot to make um, fantastic changes for the entire world. Um, so it's it's definitely exciting. We and you see it every day here. And for anybody who's walked through the doors at the youth center, which is like really hard for us, um, you know, there's a lot of hard things happening in this world right now, and there have been for a year, pretty much a year yep. um, to this day. Um, but the fact that that the front doors of this building, you know, kind of have to remain locked, and we can't really have visitors. And anyway, I think. Whoever is at the front, whoever welcomes people into this building, they change the world every day by welcoming people of all ages um, with a smile um, and with an open heart and an open mind. Um, and, you know, the kids who come through these doors, I think they feel that. Right. And, you know, there's certainly been times where people don't feel that 100 um, percent. Right. But like you said, we we recognize that and then try to work with that person to say, you, you have value and what what can we do together to help make you feel that um and so if that you know those small seeds can go out into the world um and plant trees of that same nature the world is going to be a better place <laughs> um period <laughs> <laughs> i love it um tony uh this has been absolutely fantastic. I uh, really appreciate you sitting down and uh, I love it. You know me; I like to talk, especially I know. especially about myself. I think <laughs> <laughs> sarcasm. Um, I think. Uh, oh no, that was sincere. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I actually or one one quick thing. So you, yes, you know how much I love music. Yes, um, I listen to all kinds of all kinds of music, um, and that's actually another. That's a great benefit. You know, if you were, if you're a young person out there and you're thinking about what's my career path going to be and you like music, I would tell you, listen, uh, work with young people because young people always listen to new music. It's what they have. It's, it's kind of the cycle of life. Right. Um, so I always look to young people even to this day to be like, Hey, what are you listening to right now? And you know, they'll surprise you every once in a while and, you know, throw out some classics and then they'll throw Hey, I'm listening to this person. You're like, I don't know who that is, but 
you you know you wind up to Spotify and you you give them a listen. And you're like, wow, this is really cool. But you know, somebody my age isn't necessarily going to listen to that unless they get that acknowledgement from a young person. So you know, I could I'll give a special shout out to Dave Tanklevsky, um, who in high school uh, introduced me to the Shins, and uh, you know, obviously a fantastic band. And James Mercer's done a whole lot of things that I've enjoyed. But anyway, the point of the story is. Uh, um, Phoebe Bridgers. So young people out there know a lot of who she is. Neil, I'm not sure if you do, you kind of got a blank stare. Going. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, she is, um, female artist, um, phenomenal, very, um, I don't know. I'm not a, a music reviewer, but, uh, melodic, um, and a lot of emotion in, in her music. But, um, I have uh, I have a few friends that I text about music with all the time, and I was texting this one friend about um, about Phoebe and this cover of um, a John Prine song that she did um, that we can listen to before you get out because I know you love John Prine. Yes. Um, so I was like, dude, this girl's the best. She can't do anything wrong. And he's like, oh my god. He's like, I can't believe we haven't talked about her yet. And and I was like, you know, um, I was like, yeah, yeah, she's the she's so great, and her music's awesome, and blah blah blah. And he was like, he's like, she did this interview with uh, with Lars Ulrich from Metallica, and I was like, <laughs> wow, that's bizarre. This, I don't know how old Phoebe Bridges is, but she's probably in her early twenties. Okay, um, and Lars Ulrich is you know older Not. older than <laughs> I am, and you know put out like twenty five studio albums, been rocking you know since you know the early eighties, like. Um, and for them to they do doing something similar to us, like talking back and forth about just life and music. And it was really cool to just see the two of them um, kind of go back and forth. So I don't remember exactly what the point of that was, but um, that's OK. It's great to it's great to hear. Oh, she was uh, talking about, you know, not really liking to talk about herself um, because, right. you know, you have to kind of keep it all straight. And sometimes you have different memories of things and you know she's like you'll you'll be on tour and like you'll get interviewed by like five or six different people and then you've told a story five or six <laughs> different ways and I was like yeah that's probably uh, what happens to us and uh anyway it was really cool Phoebe Bridgers Lars Ulrich you guys should check out that uh that thing I think it was on YouTube they talk about Napster and um all sorts of cool things about music um and life but, I'll have to check any song recommendations by Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Um, Motion Sickness is a okay. really cool one. Um, I, she only has, she, so she has two albums out um, and then a couple of EPs. And then she actually does a couple of side projects. She's got a, uh, a band with Connor Oberst, who's uh, better known as Bright Eyes. Um, okay. And they have a band together. That's pretty cool. Um, but definitely when we're done here, we're going to, we're going to play that John Prine song. Um, actually, we can. You can load it up right now, Neil, so you can do your outro, and uh, Perfect. I'll get the song queued up. Uh, well, like I was saying, Tony, thank you so much uh, for spending some time. I think this is going to be something we'll do a couple episodes of with uh, some of our full-time staff. Uh, so be on the lookout for more from uh, Anthony Joseph Lombardi. As always, it was a gift. And uh, Thanks for having me, Neil. I had a great time. I uh, look forward to you interviewing me. Yes, I can't wait. All <laughs> right, so uh, so we've got Phoebe Bridges here. Um, she just put out a Spotify singles um, thing, and she's actually got one of her popular songs, Kyoto, um, with Jackson Brown, which Ooh. is kind of cool. Um, and then this is uh, Summer's End, um, which is a John Prine song. Uh, John Prine passed away last year. Great. Probably one of the greatest country 
songwriters of all time. Yes. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. So this is a great song, Summer's End, performed by Phoebe Bridgers. Summer's ends around the bend, just flying. Swimming suits are on the line, just trying. I'll meet you there for our conversation. Hope I didn't ruin your whole vacation. You never know. So pretty cool, Neil, that she is able to paint a picture the way that John Prine did. I think that that's probably what um, attracts me to her music is that, you know, t- obviously those are John Prine's words, um, but the way that she is able to like present that is is beautiful, and it goes a little bit, um, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one and stuff it in my back pocket. You know, you being you saying that I have the ability to have other people feel. Um, what I'm feeling and I think as an artist um, that's probably the greatest compliment that you could ever get Um, and I I think Phoebe Bridgers does that really well so that's what I like about her Um, maybe that's what people like about me (laughs) Uh, so thanks again for having me Neil it was awesome yeah I love you Tony thanks man love you too